it's almost it's a, it's a total performance it's an aesthetic but i don't i think like the blood and sweat and tears that go into like having a career it shouldn't be an aesthetic about how there's like no right way to start a zoom call like how are we supposed to navigate this i don't know like <laughs> most awkward like you just like pop up in front of someone and like suddenly your face is there and it's like how like yeah it's like, like hi like, <laughs> there's like a you know, camera she just like this and she goes it's just like very weird for me it's like a two minute anxiety before calling you the first one there and you're like am i in the right room <laughs> yeah whoa you're so right like where am i even um so today we're interviewing sahar who um goes by punk l woods on instagram which really stood out to us and um why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself i'm sahar and i'm an attorney i'm based in los angeles um i am an employment and labor attorney and i am a defense attorney so what that means is i represent corporations and businesses and management in employment and labor matters uh that includes representing them in lawsuits like discrimination cases and advising them on employment matters one of my interests is sexual discrimination sexual harassment cases even though i'm on the employer side i'm kind of working with uh, management to prevent sexual harassment in the workplace through training and writing articles and speaking engagements on the topic. I'm Iranian. I was born in Encino, so I'm a Valley girl as well. It's also a popular Persian hub. I went to Taft High School um, where everybody's Persian and if you weren't Persian, you weren't popular. Um, although I was not a popular Persian girl because um, as my handle on Instagram denotes I uh, was punk goth kid and uh, that didn't sit well with the Persians <laughs> so I guess it was a little alternative but with a twist because I was really nerdy and studious so didn't really go to the Persian parties really introverted spent all my time uh, listening to records and reading books like I loved Jane Austen and always felt like kind of an outsider but also loving my culture as well because I think our culture is one of the most beautiful cultures out there. So a lot of my life is navigating that weird divide where I'm an outsider in my own group because of my interests and because of my scholarly interests as well. Um, and also the fact that I never really clamored to get married. And I'm still not sure if that's something I want. So set me apart from the Persian girls. And then also kind of an outsider being with the white girls that I befriended because of their interests. So I think I, I think that sums me up. I guess I'm a paradox and a woman of contradictions. <laughs> yeah, but the more and more people we're interviewing, we're finding that this is a common uh, paradox, this, this personality type, which is a bit refreshing. I was saying how it's like the podcast has become like a focus group for all of these like disgruntled like Persian women. Like we just like find each other like before we we like figured out that we were going to interview Sahar. We had this like intense 
phone call the last like half an hour just like releasing all of these frustrations um and I'm, I'm so glad that we're starting that well speaking of disgruntled i it's funny you're the better woman so what would be club torshida isn't that the phrase <laughs> hey that's so good last name to club torshida you know that's the name of my new club I've heard before because I guess I'm in my late 20s so but I never dated as in high school I just didn't have an interest I don't know why I was content with my books and records and getting A's in school and very goal-oriented but obviously as a Persian woman now I'm feeling the anxiety or I was feeling the anxiety last year I'll never forget it you'll love this story um I can't believe I'm going here so soon but a Persian girl who was married actually very young she most she got married when she was 23 to i guess what, what we would call a fob but she's not fobby at all um and she would rub her face rub my face in her marriage a lot uh like if we were hanging out she would hang on the phone with her husband the whole time and just very weird and i remember one time raising the point that i felt like she wasn't paying attention to me whenever we hung out or we always talked about how great it is to be married and married young and etc and when i the first time i stood up for myself i'll never forget it it was actually around christmas because i'm a weird persian girl who loves christmas um she stood up and told me christmas must be really must really suck for you because you're alone and it seems like you've missed your chance and like, what i'll never i'll never forget it it was the most persian moment of my life i was like Excuse what me? What do you even say to that? You should be like, no, Christmas is actually great because I get to pick up and go wherever I want in the world on vacation and you're stuck with a family. <laughs> it was like a tree trimming party. So before like my friends were coming over. So I entered this whole, I like, I had, I'll never forget. I was holding the ornaments in my hand. And as a girl, I'll be honest, up until that moment, I really didn't care about being single because I was in law school, I was taking the bar exam. I was so focused on my career and I derive, a, I get a lot of joy from being a lawyer, um, which is cool because I feel like a lot of people become lawyers because their Persian parents tell them to be a doctor or a vacuum. So I, excuse my white girl Persian accent, by the way, um, very whitewashed, but. Okay, if you heard our last episode, you don't need to apologize. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm very much that way. Um, I, I, got, I got a lot of joy from my career, but that was the moment where I realized, shit, well, I am almost 28, I guess, like, you know, that was a moment where it wasn't even coming from a man, it was coming from another girl. And it was so jarring. And I spent actually a year um, up until maybe I would say six months ago of being obsessed with why I'm still single. And I'm, it's, it was just a weird juxtaposition because I give off this facade that I'm, I'm a lawyer. I'm really passionate about what I do. But somebody guilted me into thinking that I'm doing it all wrong. And now, I mean, I reached the pivot where I think I'm not doing anything wrong at all. But it kind of gave me this like glimpse into how brainwashed we've become. Yeah, especially to think that 28 is old. Like that's incredibly young. It's incredibly young. Of course, everything is relative. But like, to me, that's young. It's so young. And it's just like, maybe like, years ago, like 28, like you were on the verge of dying from like, I don't know, like influenza or something. And like you, I like, mean, we are coronavirus. Got- <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm kidding. <laughs> way back, 
then like you made it to 28 you were lucky but like now like people are making it to 80 like do i really want to be tied down already like personally no um here i yeah go on but it was just interesting because this is why i thought this is a good story to start with her like husband was kind of low-key awful so oh virgin guy so it was like my whole life was kind of spent avoiding that and you know i love my dad you know he's great but the persian guys i've met along the way questionable so a lot of them disliked me from high school or middle school up until now because i'm mouthy i'm sassy um i call it like it is so if a guy's pissing me off i will i mean i think it's good communication skills but i will like i will go off and i will tell them what i'm lacking this relationship the second part is like the independence thing, which we talked about on the phone, I guess, very briefly, where I think it's almost off-putting to these Persian men. Like they're taught to be lawyers. Not only am I in a profession that is financially, you know, lucrative, but the profession kind of depends on me being aggressive and assertive. So that's how I'm successful. So all of that doesn't make me a very desirable candidate, I would say, anyway. So I think when we talked about this on the phone and I I had this epiphany like during this conversation that like again not I don't want to generalize not all men but like it's common that I think for men to want this like hashtag girl boss this like performative go-getting woman but like who's in reality actually not that aggressive do you know what I mean like still keeps a lot of these like traditionally feminine qualities not that that actually you know it's funny i think i talked about this like in a really earlier episode but at the time i was taking a course um on like like 19th century fashion history and our teacher my teacher made us read this article that was saying uh like define the four uh traits of femininity and it was like chastity obedience like just like really disturbing things that clearly have nothing to do with femininity but like rather like perceived or performative femininity so i think how it's like interested interesting to me how like we claim i don't know there's so many like feminist ideas around our society right now but like i it seems to me very managerial because so much of it is performative and not genuine which is why it doesn't line up with like um like a real the romantic life for women because like men are still put off by this they just like claim to like that just for the sake of like sounding progressive exactly well, yeah really, uh, remember in like a way earlier episode we had a guy on who said he wants a girl who will get like a second degree and an education but not actually use it and not actually work what? and then recently when when we were speaking, when we had like a phone call to all the listeners, the three of us had a phone call before um, this actual episode. And I mentioned that my cousin met this girl who uh, didn't get into med school, uh, dental school the first time she applied. And then she finally gets in. And then this guy she's seeing says, don't go to dental school. Like get like a hobby job that will just like keep you busy, but like you'll still be able to like be like good wife material. 
So it's like this whole idea that they want an educated girl. Like they're like, oh, I'm progressive. I want a girl who's smart and that I can talk to and who's not just a trophy wife, but they don't actually want a girl who uses that education to do anything. They just want her to stay. They want a smart mom to be at home to pop out their babies and clean their floors. And for the caveat is- Use your degree to wipe the floors of our house, please. And the caveat, the caveat is you can't be smarter than them. I've noticed that um, because like in addition to- yeah, making more than them. And I find that with not just Persian men as well. Um, so I don't want to just like poo-poo on them. You know, they take it, they have bigger egos, I found, I find, but it's like all men. I mean, I, yeah, was, more men, sure. when I, was, I was more attractive when I was a broke law student. Like men were all over me. As soon as I passed the bar, started practicing a great firm, people, men, I mean, I could just see like the distance. I, people are chasing me less. My DMs are more dry. My, my phone's just more dry in general. But these are, these are generalizations, but I've noticed that if you know something more about them, for example, I'm really well-versed in music and cinema. So if somebody tells me, like if a Persian guy tells me, oh, I love movies, like I, I really love movies. Like I have a Criterion account and he will go and talk about like, I don't know, Die Hard or something. Well, Die Hard's oh, a yeah. But like, like yeah, the tra- no, they all love Fight Club. That's their thing. Yeah, 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 man. Like, they think that makes them unique and edgy and intellectual. And it's so sad. These guys, they act like we're American Psycho. Don't forget that movie. one. Oh yeah. Oh my god. They act like because they've seen the movie, they act as if they were in the movie. Like, like they're like, oh, I love Scarface. It's like, like they act like they're a gangster. Like that makes them cool. Like, oh, I am Scarface. You're not Scarface just because you saw Scarface. We've all seen Scarface. Like, yeah, you're not that guy. You're a doodle tala that has his mom, like, iron his boxer briefs for him. Like, wow, are men getting their briefs ironed? That's actually, I like that idea, but I don't know about the mom. Millie, really, don't say it. that. Like, whatever guy that hears this is going to be like, oh, Millie's the type of girl that'll, like, <laughs> iron my boxer briefs. Like, maybe it's like a idea. sexual. <laughs> I just thought. <laughs> but um as a kink no i'm kidding um but not really you really can't be smarter than them because like i it took me a long time to be confident and say this but i know a lot about a lot so like if i it's just weird like i have to sometimes dumb myself down i used to at least i mean i reached an epiphany i worked a lot on myself went to therapy so now it's like if you don't like me that's like your problem i didn't want to get involved but it's i i went to my Oh, I had one Persian boyfriend, one, oh, that was enough to like end it all for me. What um, were the red, like, what, what did he do? What was bad? He's like in the mail room at like, I don't know, one of those agencies, I think CAA or something. Mm-hmm. He was like a definition of doodoo tala. He thought he was like God's gift to the world. He thought he was really Americanized, which I guess he was, but he, uh, he wasn't that Americanized to me because even though he was born here, he had all the qualities. Like he would say like dumb shit, like, well, I dated a girl like that because, but like, I would never marry her. You know, like that's just somebody I I fool around with. So I'm sitting here like, what am I? Like, even though I'm Persian, like what am I? And I started dating him at the start of law school. And as soon as I enrolled in law school and I was really excited and I would talk about it a lot that's when he started cheating on me. I like, I knew it. I just had like my spidey senses were tingling and as with, you know, like he was into Instagram models and all this crap and like, just like girls who are a lot younger. And I'm just sitting here. Like, 
I, it was a coworker he did cheat on me with, but you know, it was confirmed because I saw some texts and I just broke up with him via text because I didn't have time to meet up with him. Oh, good for you. Like my time is money. So I don't think he deserved my time, but it was just a lot of interesting, like he thought he was so Americanized and he wasn't like, it was interesting. I gained, I gained a lot of weight during law school. I'm not going to lie. I used to eat whole pizzas by myself. And you know, he, that was like part of our conversations. Like, okay, you gained weight or, you know, ordering, you should order a salad instead of a burger. I was like, what are we talking? Like, it, it was just very odd. And the ego was astounding. It was like, well, even though you got into law school, like I'm going to be a rich agent one day. I'm going to kill it. I'm going to kill it. I checked his LinkedIn and he's not killing it. So I, <laughs> it, it was just like every, every Persian girl either like follows her mommy and daddy's advice and goes to dental school, medical school or law school. But in the end they become wives, like those kind of comments. And I was like, well, jokes on you. I just didn't even know why I dealt with the abuse as long as I did. It wasn't a long-lived relationship. It was like six months. It was like the longest six months of my life. And I don't know why I stuck around. And it was also a lot of like tearing down Persian girls was a part of our discussions. Like they're materialistic or snobby. Like they're not sexual enough. And at the time I was very young, very like sexually inexperienced. So like that was a source of frustration for him too. It's like, you know, put out more, do more. And I noticed that with like a lot of Persian guys, like divide where they want this, like they're suffering from the Madonna whore complex more than any other man that I've met. It's like, I want to marry the most pure virgin, but on the side, I want to sleep with, and I don't know why they equate like blonde American girls as being easy, but they love blonde American girls, like not blonde brunette, like not American brunettes, but blonde American girls. Um, that's like their thing or like this particular particular Persian guys that I didn't date but went on dates with and talked with love Latina girls or whatever but they would be I think and I think this weird racism that's in our culture would be like I wouldn't marry a girl like that like I wouldn't bring her home but that's somebody like you cheat with you know it's a like guy friends tell me that and it's just so disturbing that puts me off from the whole culture and race altogether I definitely, I witnessed that myself because I dated someone Persian. Like I had once found a conversation that was like, I don't know, like just he was talking to his friends about like how there was this blonde college girl and he's like, yeah, like they're down to fuck. Like, like just saying, I'm like, whoa. Um, Yeah, I don't know where they get that from, but it's so weird because it's so like, as if they just moved to America. Like, that's so something you would think, like, upon arriving, like, setting foot. You know what I mean? Like, you just watched Greece or something. Like, I don't even know. It's, like, where do you, like, where are you getting your cultural references from? What? Like, I feel like, I feel like they, they, like, inherit it from their fathers. Like, their fathers used to watch Baywatch with, like, Pamela Anderson, and they used to, like, fetishize, like, this blonde girl who's also tan and blah, blah, and, like, wears a bathing suit everywhere she goes. And then, like, they like, yeah. inherit it from their fathers. Like, like, I mean, I think we've all seen the way Persian men speak to their sons. Like, I remember, like, I like said this multiple times, but I remember at, like, Shabbat dinners, like, Persian dads would brag, like, oh, my son gets so many girls. Oh, he's such a player. Like, I would never hear a Persian man, like, say about his daughter, like, 
oh, she gets so much dick on the weekends. Like, <laughs> no, like, no we person don't. And it's so funny because I grew up, like, I was your stereotypical good Persian girl. So, like, I was not sexually active. I was so afraid of, like, losing my virginity. I put a lot of stock into that. So I kind of, like, I would say I'm a product of that culture. So I think what turned this particular boyfriend off was I was like that. I was, I was like by the book and I was, you know, I was the apple of my parents' eye. Like I, I'm rebellious in some ways, but in that regard, um, even though I, I never dreamed my, I never had a Persian dream wedding. I always plan my partnership, how far I'm going to go in my career. So in that respect, I am very not, not traditional, um, but I was traditional in like this fear of sex because I heard the way men talked about women around me, not my dad, but like, you know, my friends and stuff and people at school and this particular person, I was so weird. I knew he wasn't ready for marriage or something serious because he was just so turned off by how good I was, how studious I was. Like I was going to law school and it was just kind of like, so what the hell do you guys want? Like, I'm so confused. Like you want the Madonna or the whore, but women don't fall into those categories. Those are archetypes. So that's why I think Persian women are stuck between, I think that's what we, we experience so much relationship stress. I mean, it's not just Persian men also. Like, I don't want to like generalize, but- Me neither. <laughs> that's everything. It's a very Middle Eastern thing that like they want the whore and like, like, there's just an example someone told me recently that they knew this girl that um, had a boyfriend for like many, many years. And then they like, she wouldn't sleep with him and they finally got engaged. And then he was like, come on, like we're engaged. Like, let's just do it already. We're getting married anyway. So she slept with him. She lost her virginity to him. And then he broke off the engagement because he told her he can't marry someone who's not pure. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Like that story sums it up. Yeah, it, it literally sums it is up. Is this recent? No, no. The, uh, it's like maybe like 10 years ago. It's like semi-recent. It's still like, recent. That's recent enough. That's crazy. Enough that it's ridiculous. I mean, in any case, it's ridiculous. But yeah, yeah no. I this idea that like, it's similar to the guy that I went on a date with that I spoke about in our first season like a year ago that was like, I would never marry someone who's not a virgin and at the time I was, and I told him, well, then in that case, if this was to go anywhere, which already in my head, I knew it was never, he was never going to see a second date because anyone who says something like this is not getting a second date. And I was like, listen, I am one, but like, let's say this went anywhere. You're telling me I should never sleep with you because then you're never going to take me seriously and you're never going to marry me. And like, he was just speechless because he realized how stupid he sounds, but that's really how he felt. And that's probably how he'll always be. And there's just so many men that are like that, that they like, they're like, I want to sleep with you, but then I can't take you seriously anymore because I slept with you. It's, yeah, that was a, a source of a lot of stress for me in my 20s. I'm not even kidding. I'm still 28, but. <laughs> yeah, I, you're in your 20s. It's still, yeah. I want to be 30 so bad, which is <laughs> just like odd for like the Persian girl, but I can't wait to be 30. Um, maybe because I watch too much Sex in the City, but. <laughs> Like I, I've always wanted to turn like thirty, flirty, and thriving. Like oh that is. Oh my god. <laughs> Me and one of my best friends, like the first time she came to my house, we watched Thirteen Going on Thirty together, <laughs> and it's just like now we're we've been friends for like twelve years at this point, and it's just so weird that like 
we're almost that. Like, it's just weird watching movies when you're a kid and be like, oh my God, that person's so old. And then like, you're older and it's like, wait, that's not that old. It's not. And it's interesting because I think I mentioned this in our call, but I found like an old diary entry that I wrote when I was a little girl where I had planned out my whole life because I don't know, I was a little sociopath or something. Um, where I was like, by the age of Capricorn. No, you say I'm, you're not. Okay. I'm a double, I'm a Gemini rising and sun, moon, and Cancer. So equally crazy. Oh my God, we're all Geminis. Yeah. Are we all Geminis? Oh yeah, my my, I also, but I also have rising and sun, Gem. I'm like, all so of I, my things are in Gemini. Rising and Gemini. Like we're all on a podcast gabbing, which is like, really- <laughs> yeah, this is as toxic as it gets. <laughs> toxic as it gets. We're just like talking shit on a podcast. Like, yeah, so Persian men are just like. <laughs> the name of the episode should be Three Geminis Walk Into a Podcast" or something. Like, oh, yeah, that's a great title. But yeah, like when I was a little girl, I planned that I wouldn't get married until my mid thirties. I was eight years old. That's. And it's interesting because I love that plan. That's my plan now. Like mid thirties, kids in late thirties. I need to make partner first and build my book of business. Why does a t- child know this? Yeah, I, who were you? Who are you? <laughs> oh, an important part of my story. I give a lot of credit to my mom, who I don't know why, but since I was a young girl, told me that my career is more important than marriage. So I am very blessed that I have a mom like that. I know a lot of Persian girls don't have a mom like that. So all the stress I do receive is from my friends with, I guess, moms like that. But my yeah. mom... No, I think me and Natalie are in the same boat because my mom does not, like, I mean, I think we're all on the same page. Like, yeah, our stress mom, is not from our moms. Definitely not. We're like friends. And yeah, my mom always wanted me to be a lawyer, always taught me the importance of independence. She's like, when you become a lawyer, make sure to get real estate in your own name. You don't need a man to, like, put, out, put down a down payment. If you do get married, get a house with him, keep the, keep the condo. And then, you know, it was like this weird, like, independence scene, which is why, like, I don't depend on men, which is probably why I'm not a performative girl boss, which I love that, like, concept. I never thought about it that way until you mentioned it. Because I think I know, everybody I know is a hashtag girl boss. Every, everybody. Like, yeah. I spend too much time on Twitter. That's why I, like, talk about these things. But, um... No, it's like my, it's so much, that's the, it's the independence conversation that like has been prominent with my mom as well, my whole life. And even last week, I don't remember what came up, but like, I was kind of talking about how I just feel like I'm never going to meet this like person that I want and like, who would want, who would want me as well. Um, And she's like, stop worrying about this. Like, I've told you this a million times. You need to get your career, like, fixed first. You need to have your own independence, like, everything figured out before you go with someone because I don't want you to be, like, you know what I mean? Like, that. get that checked and then worry about that. And we're really blessed, I think, to have that. Yeah. Everybody does. Yeah, honestly, for me, it was the way my mom was raised because, like, her older sister was always at home with her mom doing like the cooking and cleaning and taking care of the younger siblings. And like my mom from the age of four was in her dad's shop and like just working constantly. She was always working and like, that's just how she was raised. And like, she was always like doing different things. Like she was a travel agent. She owned like multiple cafes. She owned a restaurant. Like she's done like so many things. Like I always looked at her and I was like, I want to be like that. Like I, Like, when she got married, my dad was like, 
I want a very simple wedding. And my mom was making more money than he was at the time. And she was, he was like, she was like, okay, anything extra, like I'm going to pay for it because that's my wedding and I want it like my way. And like, I'm going to put the money down because I can. And she had that independence and like, she had her own apartment and she had her own car and she like, everything was hers. So no one could ever control, like something I liked about my mom is no one could ever control her or tell her what to do because no one was ever holding anything over her head. Like she always did things herself. Like her motto was, if you want something done right, do it yourself. So yeah, like my mom's motto too. <laughs> it, it has to do with the fact that she's also very OCD, which is annoying sometimes. But it's a good model. Yeah, that's how she saved the Natalie's phone as well. Yeah, her name is OCD. Because, like, one time in, like, middle school or something or in high school, she, like, really pissed me off because I'm so not OCD. I'm, like, the complete opposite of her in that sense. And I was like, if you don't stop bothering me, I'm changing your name to OCD in my phone. And it's just been OCD ever since. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. <laughs> but, yeah, like, I just – I actually know a lot of friends that do this girl boss persona, but – the more older, the older I get, like, the, in the last few months especially, I, like, stopped caring about how men perceive me. And even though I want to look nice and look good, I even stopped caring about how attractive I am as well. Like, I was, like, so obsessed with, like, this lockdown weight that I gained or whatever. But I even stopped caring about that. I don't know where I, when I stopped giving a fuck, but I think that's when, when you stop giving a fuck about patriarchal standards, I think that's when you truly rise to becoming a true girl boss. Um, it takes a lot of work to get there, but I have a lot of friends who it's like, it's almost, it's a, it's a total performance. It's an aesthetic, but I don't, I think like the blood and sweat and tears that go into like having a career, it shouldn't be an aesthetic because I see like these girls, they're calling themselves a girl boss, but they're still so subservient to not only patriarchal standards, but the people they're dating, for example, or very dependent and insecure, like looks is like, or your, you know, discussions of beauty and how we look and style is like 70 to 80% of our conversation. So I'm sitting here like, there must be something more to talk about than how we look. And I don't know, this is a phenomenon that I've been experiencing the past few months because I too used to be obsessed with looks because that is something I inherited. Like my mom isn't very different in that respect. She really cares about looks. So um, I used to be so anal about how I looked and how nice I looked and wearing heels to work every day. And now I just don't really give a fuck. Like I'll wear flats, I'll wear, put my hair in a bun. I, I, I'm there to be valued for my brains. And I really think that's like the girl boss movement. And it's a lot harder for Persian women because we're taught to look perfect all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's something I agree with that even like my mom, I think it has to do mostly with the fact that like growing up in a town where this, as soon as you step out of the house, you're always going to bump into someone who knows you. So I was like, every time I was going to the supermarket and I was like looking like a bum because I don't give a shit, my mom would be like, try like, like I'm not saying try too hard, but like try a little bit. And I'd be like, why? Like I'm going to buy fucking like milk and eggs. Why do I have to try to like look good right now? She's like, oh, because you don't know. Like you don't know who you'll see. And like every time I go to the supermarket, it's like my dad's cousin, my mom's friend, this person from synagogue, whatever, like. It's true. You always bump into someone you know, but like, do I care what they think? No. My parents so I mean, there's so many ways to argue this because for like, for me, the way I look and like what I wear on a day-to-day basis is so like, that's what keeps me alive. Like I need to look I love getting up for work. I love getting dressed up for going to Manhattan and like walking around and like going to dinner, like my job, but like the supermarket, I just want to run out of the house, get eggs, come home. No, I like to dress up for the market too. Oh my god. I'm like 
the I type like of bitch who <laughs> but but like I get I'm but I'm saying like it doesn't that doesn't mean like that the sentiment is different I'm just saying you know what I mean like we could still feel share the same sentiment but just like dress differently for these occasions yeah, like I, I don't it like means a certain thing either on both sides i think it's different if you're doing it for yourself or if you're doing it for other people yeah for you because you actually enjoy it that's different there's like there are some persian girls like you can tell their red lipstick is not a fashion statement let's just like put it simply sorry (laughs) (laughs) i just thrown some shade but i just feel like i reached this point i think it might have been the pandemic that helped me reach this point because i'm in my pajamas a lot but i was like i finally just want a guy to like not even care if i'm pretty like i want him to like me for me and just like this like desperate plea so like you know and also like just i don't i think it's boring to talk about i just know a lot of friends who talk about looks and how perfect their instagram shot is but they're a girl <laughs> boss and it's like you're not a girl boss if you think about this shit 24 7 you know let's get I mean? rid of the term girl boss like let's we need we don't need to use that we, we're just gonna come up with our own maybe could be a persian word but i think that's the pr- like the problem itself this word yeah i you know it's interesting because i had a similar situation about worrying about if i'm going to meet someone and it's I, sh- I confided, not with my mom this time, because she tells me the same thing, like, you'll find somebody, you're perfect, well, like, the standard mom thing that you really want to hear, and yeah. like, oh, now you cheat that dream, it's gonna happen, now, now the marriage is gonna happen, just be patient, um, I confided in a girl who wasn't Persian, like, about this issue, if I confided, it's weird, because the Persian girls are like, hurry up, you're gonna die alone, like, yeah, <laughs> and, like, it's so important, and we're here for you, we're gonna, we're gonna help you find somebody, and then you tell a white girl how you feel. And this one girl, I think she's an anomaly. Like, I, there's no way this is, like, normal because my other white girlfriends comforted me after this. She kind of called me an ageist and misogynist, implied that, because I was worried about being single at 28. And I'm like, my head, I'm thinking, I know, logically, I don't need to get married before 30. I'm just worried that the pandemic will be over and I'll be in my 30s and it's a different dating pool, which let's all agree, 30s is a different dating pool than 20s. And I felt robbed that I won't be, I, I didn't even enjoy dating in my 20s. I've been social distancing before was cool. Like I've been in the library <laughs> studying, some, studying for all these exams. I finally graduate law school. I get, I get my financial independence. I move out of my parents' house, which was my one of my dreams. Love them, but really happy that I got that and then this happens and I can't date so it came from that frustration and sadness but she gave me this whole speech about ageism and misogyny and I was like girl you don't know how hard it is to be Persian because I I'm still unlearning a lot of those standards so I just thought that was an interesting point because I put on I I think I'm those things. I don't really think about relationships much, but when you're stuck in the, and stuck at home alone, you're in a pandemic and you're single and you live alone. It was one of those really dark days. It was during the heat wave, by the way. So I was already cranky and a mess. So like I was angry, it was hot. I was tired from work. I sexy and loved and I want to like have somebody think I'm beautiful inside and out I want to be loved and I chose this girl to confide in and it was just like so you're assuming that women over 30 can't have any value and I'm like no that's not what I said I can't wait to be 30 it's just it's weird that I'm most likely not even going to be in a relationship in my 30s 
I'm going to enter it without one. That may not even be true. I would just, when you're sad, you get irrational and illogical, which I totally love um, even if you shed yourself of these societal norms and the Persian traditional norms, even if you, like, there's, I always get a piss when I see my Persian girlfriends get their dream wedding, where I'm thinking, like, did I do this wrong? Like, you know, did I, did I do this wrong? It lasts five minutes. It's very fleeting. But I think we need to recognize it's human to feel those things because we've, we, grew, we grew up in it. It's really ingrained in us. So it's funny. I told a friend about it, a Persian friend about it, and she was like, well, she's white. She doesn't get it. <laughs> so... So, like, when you, earlier in the episode, you had said, like, um, that your friends in high school, like, they were mostly white, American, whatever, um, but, like, that, I think that was the problem, like, that is the problem, that was the problem for me, is that, like, on whatever this intellectual or, like, somewhat cultural level, I felt like I had more in common with my American friends um, who like didn't come from immigrant families necessarily um, because we read the same books, like you said, like watched the same movies as in the same bands. But then they didn't understand why I can't have sleepovers. They didn't understand why I wasn't having sex in high school and why I found it terrifying. They didn't understand, like I couldn't get that comfort that I so needed do you know what I mean? Like, I missed out on this kind of kinship and friendship. So that's what I think is really hard for, like, this yeah. kind of a Persian girl we're describing. Because no matter how modern, I don't even think it's a Persian girl thing. I think, like, no matter how career-oriented you are, how independent you are, we all want a partner deep down. And I think late 20s is an interesting time. Like, you are exiting the craziness, that exploration period, and now you're heading towards, like, I think, real adulthood. Like, 13 going on 30, they thought that was old. Like, now it's, now it's coming up. Um, and it's exciting in so many ways, but it's like a weird period where it's like, well, what does the future hold in terms of dating? Because I, I really do think, and it's be hard to change my mind, that's a totally different playing field once you turn 30 as a woman. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, also it goes into guys are always going for younger girls. That's what I meant. That's what I said to her. When you turn thirty, it's not like oh, you're dating other thirty-year-olds. It's like you're dating guys in their late thirties because thirty-year-olds are going for girls twenty and under. I'm sorry, not twenty and under. Like, who knows? <laughs> maybe twenty and under. You know, maybe it was a Freudian slip. Um, no, they're going for girls like in their mid twenties and younger and like in their like early 20s because like I'll, I'll tell you guys like recently um something that happened to me I was at a Brit Mila on Sunday and um like one of like the family friends like came up to me he's like oh I think I have a guy for you and he's like yeah like we wanted to set him up with this other girl but then we found out like the the guys like in his like let's say early 30s and he's like oh we found out that the girl's in her early 30s so it wouldn't work he needs someone younger and it's like that that's just how it is guys in their 30s are not going for girls in their 30s they're going for girls in their mid to early 20s so like that's that's why you like yes you're correct it's a completely different dating pool but you guys yeah. want to hear the most cringe worthy part of this whole story he's like 
he's like, oh, like, I'm gonna tell him about you. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm sitting at the table, and, like, this guy knows that I speak fluent Hebrew. And it's, like, me, him, his wife, and, like, my aunt, and, like, one of, like, my cousin's babies. And we're sitting at the table, and, like, suddenly, he's, like, holding up his phone like this. And in Hebrew, he goes, he goes, <laughs> he goes, I can't, I can't the story. He goes, <laughs> It's just so cringeworthy. He's like, he's talking into his phone and he's like, he's like, that's her. Like, what do you think? In like Hebrew and, and his wife and, and he's like, and I can hear the guy on the phone because they're on FaceTime and can hear the guy go, what the fuck are you doing? Like, she can see you videotaping her. And he goes, no, no, she doesn't even realize I'm videoing her. Like, what do you think? Isn't she pretty? And he's like, well, yeah, she's really pretty, but like, I'm pretty sure she knows what you're doing. He goes, no, no, she has no idea. And I'm like, I'm just sitting there and I'm like, I do not have the patience to deal with this right now and to actually say, I know what you're doing. So I just like sat there and pretended like I had no idea what the fuck was going on. And his wife goes like, she speaks fluent Hebrew. Like she, she hears you. Like we're all sitting at the same table right now. And he's like, no, no, she doesn't know. She doesn't know. And I'm just like, oh my God. Like, I can't believe this is happening to me. Like I'm being broadcasted live. Like, this is a live stream of Natalie. Who wants to date her? Like, it was so awkward and so weird. And I was just like, okay, this is happening. This is yeah. a thing. Yeah, it's just, like, interesting. Because I guess, like, a lot of my family members thought I'd get married quickly or first. Because I don't know why. But a lot of it has to do with them educated. I was growing up around a family. I was always kind of quiet. Um, and people equate a good grade to good girl, not exactly true, but that's kind of what people equated me with, but it didn't happen because I just, my, I had a mom that like, like really taught me not to settle. And I think that the pickings are slim. Like the doodle tell off theory doesn't just apply to Persian men. I think they suffer it from the most, but it's like all of them are just so entitled. Like they're entitled to the prettiest girl, the, you know, the youngest girl. So, you know. That's why I'm single. The end. <laughs> like it, like, like it just goes to show that, like, automatically we're being judged on like how we look instead of like our personalities. Like, automatically, like this older man is like, I'm gonna Facetime this guy so he can see what she looks like and choose if he wants to go out with her. And I just like felt like I was like, like I was in a marketplace. Like, like, some cool. of, like, but at this point, it's market. safer. It's Oh, you're the more no, I just think like what but maybe it's safer to be just judged by looks because our personalities are also under attack. Like my personality is if anything, if someone just saw the way I look, they'd be like, Oh, she's a khanum, like she's malus, like whatever bullshit. But then they hear me talk and they're like, get her out of here, like crucify her. It's because we're Gemini. Like anytime <laughs> guys know nothing. Guys, men know nothing about horoscope and about like astrology and whatever, but they only know that Geminis are psycho. That's the only thing they know. I don't know why, but Everything any guy that. said, like, I'm a Gemini too, they're like, oh, I don't know anything except for the fact that Geminis are crazy. Like, and I'm like, yeah, I am batshit huh? crazy. <laughs> they think it's sexy. <laughs> Geminis are crazy. Like, like, oh, you're a freak in bed. And I'm like, I think, I mean, I've been called crazy without my horoscope being brought into question. So. Yeah, same. I don't know if I don't know if I've ever been. I've never like dated a guy who knew anything about horse. I also don't know anything. It was just last week. I was at dinner with my friends, and they were like, "You don't know your rising and sun." And then like they made me type it in on this website, and apparently like 
all of my whatever placements are in Gemini too, and they're like, oh, mine. This, this, is crazy. this is like a very toxic podcast, but I'm here for it. Yeah, <laughs> same. Um, so, I, I know I DM'd you like screenshots of that doodle tell hashtag doodle tell gate 2020. I was one of you guys that I was just because I'm a Gemini and I like stir the pot a little bit. So somebody posted, I don't know even what the post was about. It was about, oh, I remember it was a meme that said, I'll be a great mom one day because I have a Persian boyfriend and I know I have to take care of kids. So <laughs> that was really hilarious. So I commented, uh oh, the doodle tell alls are going to be pissed. And they were really pissed. So they all commented on my, um, post my phone was blowing up while I was at work it was really uncomfortable I've never had that before because I've commented on things before sometimes I'm controversial but this was the most controversial post I even like I actually hashtagged Rose and she was like witness to it by the way I think she was like hands off like (laughs) yeah control I thought it was really funny at first it was like the the rudest thing like wishing I would die um telling me that every second of my life like how does it feel like being a dumbass for every second like every second of your life this other guy you know told me that he wanted me to die. then he figured out I was a lawyer because it's in my caption and putting on my career saying I'm a failure it was like kind of hurtful and it was like hours of my time almost because I I don't know why I'm a glutton for punishment but I was reading everything and I was almost engaging in them because I wanted to change their minds about this. I'm like, it's just a joke. And it's like, if we made a joke about a woman, you women would like lose their shit. I'm like, well, we're a minority technically we're a gender minority. So jokes about us is technically hate crimes. I was pulling my lawyer shit out. And like, you're like, you're a privileged Persian male. Like, how, how do you feel? Like they made it seem like you're being discriminated against by this post. So the guy who ran the page had to take down the post because it was causing so much drama because I wasn't the only girl apparently who commented there were other girls who commented and I made friends this way too because like all the girls (laughs) banded together this one was like a little older than me I think she's actually in her late 30s or 40s um they found out her age and they brought it up and we're talking about how she's gonna die alone she's tore she did um I made her upset so it was just like like, you don't, don't worry about Persian men, honey, because none of them are after you. It was like as World War Three. I swear, I didn't bill that many hours that day at the firm because I was just like, I'm not shaken, but it wasn't the comments themselves, the sheer volume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand that because I, like, those kinds of insults are almost so comical that, like, they can't actually hurt you because it's like none of this even is logical. So, but like, it's just the, yeah, the volume and that like, they're so persistent. It's, it is, you know, it can be effective, but I don't understand why, like with these meme pages, like, obviously this is a joke about a stereotype, like not all Persian men are privileged. Like not all of them are digital. Like some of them have worked really hard, like had very challenging. I think it's so dumb to think that way, but it's like, it's a joke. Like, that's the whole point. Like, there are so many, we, me and Natalie have made so many memes, like, bagging on Persian girls, and, like, we got DMs, like, saying, oh, like, stop shitting on Persian girls, like, we're Persian girls ourselves. 
Like, you know what I mean? We're making fun of it ourselves. Not that serious. I was about to say, I'm sure you realize that the situation that you went through was what inspired us to create our newest I know. Yeah, Natalie's legendary meme is, like, iconic. (laughs) It's the favorite one I ever created. It's the two Spider-Men. And it's so true. It's like... If you're offended by Doodletala memes, you are Doodletala. Like he was, I, I was like, I got off. This one guy was just like obsessed with me. Like he would not let it go, and so I figured out his name from, from his Instagram, and he put us like what he does for a living. So I found out where he worked and everything. So I said, should I send these receipts to your employer? I don't think he'd like that. And he backed off, and I was like, yeah, don't fuck with me. It's just like no one's gonna love you because you spoke your mind i love how that's like their biggest insult no one's going to love you you will die alone a persian man will not marry you you will not get married like that is their ultimate curse and it's like good oh thank god a persian man won't marry me <laughs> yeah thank Bless. you so much for that curse the, yeah it's blessing me but yeah like I, I it's interesting that the persian girls are insulted as well because i remember a meme on your page about like anal it was like a gossip girl meme oh yeah that was the one that was the one meme that <laughs> We've got in Persian girls like damning us. Like, why are you guys hating on Persian women? Like, and we're like, we we're Persian. Like, we're laughing at ourselves. Like, you should really uplift the Persian culture. And it's like, we are the Persian culture. Like, we're allowed to laugh at it. Like, yeah, every day. I think like like, we have no doubts about the fact that we support women that we're able to make these jokes. I think for people who really have to like make their entire brand evolving around that revolving around that, like that that's when it becomes suspicious to me like what are you so insecure about like that you really need to get people to believe that you support women like I have no qualms about my you know what I mean I don't need to announce it like that it's not my aesthetic it's just part of my life I, I I think all the performative boss girl bosses that I can think of they're not the most girl like they talk shit about each other in group chats and it's like i don't think that's supportive of a woman or judging other woman but they do this whole girl power thing as a aesthetic like you said it's almost a front like almost obligatory that i gotta do this to fit in which is kind of shitty but you know i think those i kind of feel bad for the person who also dm'd you because if people are being are so sensitive about those issues it's probably true and applies to them and i think what this podcast is for and what kind of Persian girls we are, we're breaking that DNA generational chain, I think, which a lot of people in our age group, they don't have the courage or bravery to do that. So, I, you know, like I said, I felt the pang of jealousy when I see Instagram stories of my people I know who are getting married, even people I went to high school with, who I just don't, I'm not in contact with. But a part of me is like, I don't know how happy they are, you know, and I know they needed to get married by a certain timeline. They met that timeline and I'm happy for them because that was a goal of theirs, but they're still within, they're still operating in that generational chain. Whereas me and you and me, you and Millie, well, me, Millie and Natalie, the three Gemini's, we're breaking that generational (laughs) chain. And it takes a lot of bravery and courage to like be alternative and stand up for that. So yeah, also for us, I feel like at this point... I just like, gave myself a pat, on the, pat back. on the back. I feel like for us, like, at this point, even if, like, on, like, the first few dates, we don't 
share every like radical idea we have with the person we're dating. Like I pursue dates. I, I haven't gotten that. past one. <laughs> I I've never been on more than a third date. <laughs> but but like every guy, like first of all, like not that I'm very active on Hinge at the moment because I'm just so fed up with it. But it's in my profile that I have a podcast and automatically guys for the most part, they all ask about the podcast and they're like, Oh, what is it? Can I go listen to it? And I'm very proud of it. And I always give them the podcast name. They go, a lot of them go listen and like, they'll listen to like four episodes and like, like give me like detailed, like things that they thought about each episode. And like, it's kind of like nice, but like my point is that like anyone who types either of our names into Google, they're automatically going to know our stance on like so many different things. And for a lot of girls, they probably, I'm sure there's a lot of Persian girls who look at me and Millie and they're like, Oh, they've marked themselves for life. And like, there's no hiding how they feel. And they've like marked themselves probably as spinsters because they're so opinionated. And like most Persian guys wouldn't date them or wouldn't go for them or wouldn't want to like, be associated with that label they gave themselves i'm sure there's a lot of girls who think that about us but like the point is that like at this point there's no hiding it for us i love how you use the word spinster instead of my colorful torshita like that can you explain to like our like listeners who don't know what that means what that is because it's so it just scared me as a kid it was like you're turning sour like you're wrong yeah it's basically you've gone like pickles like you're like. rotting from the inside yeah. Actually, fermented I like the taste of it, so whatever. Like I oh, love I love torshi. Oh my god, yeah. Natalie's mom makes the best torshi. Remember how much I ate like during breakfast? Oh. Like I-, I was gonna die, but I couldn't. Um. Yeah, I'm proud to be club torshi. Um, club torshi. Yeah, my dad's closet in like our old apartment. You couldn't walk into the closet because the whole floor was just jars of. Torshi, like, like he just like the Torshi factory in his closet. <laughs> like all of us, ironically, love it and eat it a lot. Like, what's going on? <laughs> Wait, we are Torshi then. Yeah, we're like, like I ate so much at breakfast. Like, you have like, a collection somewhere in your apartment, your former apartment. <laughs> Not people say you are what you eat. So we we are we are Torshi. <laughs> Like, as a young girl, I had this, like, weird feeling, like, in, even a diary entry, I had a weird feeling, like, it's not going to happen on the Persian timeline. Like, I, don't, I was, like, a little psychic kid. I was, like, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And I never I, thought about it. I think yeah. I watched too many Disney movies, or I hung out with a lot of Persian adults, because I was an only child. Until yeah, I was, same. Yeah, I was an only child until I was 13, so I spent a lot of time with parents, and I would hear about like so-and-so got married or there's just one beautiful like cousin I had uh, not close cousin like probably third or whatever cousin I was related to her she was like remarkably beautiful stunning and educated and she was single at 33 and I'll never forget it I had a relative tell me she was an English PhD or something and I'll, I'll never forget it she's like yeah you like those books you keep reading those books you're gonna end up like her oh my god and so I was scared since I was a young age, shit, I'm gonna end up like that girl. And now I'm almost her age. I haven't really kept up with her, but um, I'm almost that age. I'm like, shit, I am that girl. Cool. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, you did look up to her after all. So I thought I she don't... was like 
she had the she was beauty and brains and i just thought it was cool she was defying like all the family's expectations of her and she was she was kind of like a cool sexy aunt that like traveled and Mm -hmm. could afford like this is very persian of me because i do like designer labels but she could like she could afford louis vuitton and gucci bags and like was so glam and different from all the other persian women i knew and the freedom was very like tantalizing for me because even like my mom was still married and had that traditional life and it was interesting for me to see somebody who didn't do that and yeah, I, that's, that was my dream. And, you know, I think we can have our dreams and still want to partner and be vulnerable sometimes as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I do want a partner. I do want to get married and have children. Like, I don't think that makes you a normie. I think that's like, that's kind of part of like the poisonous dialogue that's happening in whatever this like selfie feminism is these days girl boss feminism but um there's nothing wrong to want those things um and i almost like i'm i'm upset to i feel conflicted about like the way we talk about it on the podcast like this issue like maybe i'm afraid that maybe we're perpetuating it that we like repeat that this problem that we really are all facing that like we find that men are really just turned off automatically by these types of women so it's i don't know it's it's like an inner battle it's like you want to talk about it but then maybe it's perpetuating it it's actually like somehow in like the realm of cheshma as well like everything comes full circle in that aspect um <laughs> well like i start out here for a pimp <laughs> I don't know where that came from, actually. I mean, like, to be honest with you, I, I, I can sound like the bitter, angry Torshida, but I do think good men exist. I haven't found one yet. And I think I want to end, like, that, that's, like, the note I'd love to end on. Like, yes, I'm career woman. Maybe, like, being a lawyer is unattractive to both white Persian men of all backgrounds because I won't depend, depend on them as much. And I think that's what's scary to a lot of men. Like, you mentioned infantilizing women, a lot of men like that, especially in our culture, like taking care of somebody's like strokes their ego. Like, I don't need that. I don't want that. And that might, that might be a turnoff. And I think these are all true. Like everything you've discussed in your podcast up until now, I think holds true. But I also do think that there's, there's gotta be a good man out there. Like if we exist, there's gotta be like male versions of us out there. And I think like the men that are turned off by us, like they're not for us. So that's what I would, that's what I wanted to end on, I guess, or, or end, start an ending conversation on, because I think, yeah. like, you can, I don't know how Hinge is like, I was gonna mention that earlier, I haven't done online dating, um, very limited, <laughs> the only online date I had, a guy told me he likes to get pegged, I deleted my app that day, I was, like, just horrifying, because I'm, like, a sweet little, Persian virgin girl I know you're pegging men then I had to go home and google it I found out a very explicit way and I was like um it's funny I responded to him saying I don't want to get I don't want to peg you or whatever and he was like you don't know what the hell you're talking about you're inexperienced like you don't, you've never even had sex what the hell do you know so like that's why I don't online date I'm considering it though with this pandemic but I, I think like we have all these options for us and we I think we will find somebody who's not going to be threatened by us and who's going to love our sass and love our authenticity and the fact that we don't want to fit in. 
No, I am. I, am I the most like you didn't expect me to go that positive, did you? <laughs> no, I think that's part. That's the essence of the Gemini. What you yeah. just like? That's I think we all feel that way. Like obviously, we're talking shit, but like there's exceptions, and there better be. Start <laughs> this whole podcast like men suck and I'm like oh, there's gotta be somebody out there you know my prince charming is on his horse he's like racing towards me no I, I yeah but I hate that set like that statement like immense I'm not part of that conversation I don't think that's yeah. true like I have brothers like there's so many I have so many guy friends not like that it's just like we're I think we're describing like a specific man we've encountered and I'm down yeah. to bag on them I, I love um, that. And that Persian girl who was like, aren't you afraid you're going to, it must suck to celebrate Christmas alone. Like, fuck you. Oh my God. Like, fuck fuck you. Well, I, it, it must suck to celebrate Christmas with somebody you're having marital problems with and settling for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no, it must suck to... It just, it, it came full circle though. Cause she's like a paralegal. And I was giving a talk to the paralegal organization on women's issues ironically and mm-hmm. she was in the attendee list so i'm sitting here like oh my god this homegirl has to like watch me like talk about feminism for a whole hour <laughs> i was like yikes <laughs> but yeah, i mean she hit a nerve like my mom mentioned that she might be jealous of my independence or whatever but she hit a nerve i definitely like i spent the whole year obsessed with finding the one which is so unlike me like you you've been talking to me for an hour and you spoke to me on the phone last week I'm very career oriented, but I spent like hundreds of dollars on psychics asking if like, I'm going to meet the one, I'm going to meet the one because this Persian girl implanted in my head that the chance like has left the building, like the ship has left the dock. Also like generally my take on psychics, I think it's a bad idea because sometimes they can give you an answer. That's what happened. So, like, like my mom went to a psychic. She was dating a guy on and off for seven years. And the psychic told her, you're going to get married in a few months, but not to the guy you're seeing now. And you're going to have one daughter. And, like, my mom wanted a big family. She was like, how is it possible I'm going to marry someone else in a few months if, like, I've been seeing this guy, like, for seven years? And it happened. Like, she ended up breaking up. She ended up getting engaged right after that, getting married and having one daughter. And it's like, you think to yourself, like, what the psychic said, like, yes, I believe in psychics. And I think that this person really did see whatever she said. But like, maybe if my mom never heard that, then like, it wouldn't have happened, you know? Like, yeah, so because it becomes like, a self-fulfilling like, prophecy. Yeah. So it's just like such a d- dangerous territory to like step into. I definitely like always wanted to go to one, but I'm too scared. No, it's better to avoid it. Like, Their energy is terrible. Really don't, really don't go. Sorry. I'm like against. Why do you think your energy is terrible? I don't know. I, when I was younger, I thought it was like alternative. Like I got a Ouija board. Like I was into all of this spiritual shit. And I just went to this like really bad Persian woman who like I'm I'm so sure she put a hex on like I didn't believe in any like I played around with it because I'm not sure I believed in it 100% or I had romanticized it but then like just like a really weird period of my life um, followed the time that I was seeing uh, these psychics um, so I just like I pr- I just don't think it's a good idea. I mean, it's really intense because, like, any of us, like, like, my cousin was just, like, telling me a story that she knew this girl that, like, 
wasn't religious at all and like her and her boyfriend were like messing around with like spirits and what they would do is like they would like sit in a bathroom on the floor and like nails like nails that you clip are considered in like the spiritual realm or considered like a very you don't you don't uh, clip your nails at night it's a very negative power and they say that if you drop nails on the floor like it's very dangerous like whenever you clip your nails you have to throw it in the garbage or like down the drain flush it down the toilet so what this girl and her boyfriend would do they would clip their nails and put it all around the floor around them and then they would do something else they would like light candles and like say certain words or whatever and they would like they would like see people's futures and like this girl like started not feeling well like things in her life were going wrong and like she ended up like turning to religion to like get her out of it and like she broke up with that guy like it like a lot of people don't believe in it but like really it's something anyone can kind of do which is kind of scary um with my psychic it was like after i that girl put me like in that funk i met i i I was consulting one for career stuff and for the first time ever and he was always spot on with career like scary like he told me a redhead would get hired at my law firm and the redhead walked in the door like a month later so creepy stuff like that. He told me I'd end up at a law firm that does banking law and my new firm does banking law. So he is accurate, but he was wrong about love. He'll always be wrong about love. So he told me that I'll meet somebody in November, Scorpio season. Cause he saw me wearing a coat that I own. He, we've never met. He's never seen this coat. It's always like phone call. He described the coat in such perfect detail. I was like, shit, I'm going to meet somebody in November. Here it is. So I was so friendly in November. I was so nice to men, like overly nice to men. It was just very weird. I was like a Stepford wife. And November came and gone. The guy wasn't here. So I called in December. Where is he? He's like, oh, he, he'll meet him for sure. He's coming. He's coming. It's December. He's, he's going to be here. December came and went. And I was like, okay, now I'm getting nervous. And it became like two or three times a week. It was getting really expensive. And I just like, oh my God, I'm missing my boat. And it, this lasted until March and when winter ended, cause he said it was winter. He changed his story from November to winter and said, he's not here. And today's the first day of spring. It was like no ruse. And he said, I guess I meant next winter. I just remember being so shattered and thinking, I really let, I really let my fear of being tortured and dying alone. I lost probably a thousand dollars over those, those, those months. Not to make the psychic sound like a fucked up person, but do you ever think that maybe he told you a few things that were true, that were easy for him to see, and then fucked with you and said that to get you to keep coming back? It's funny, because I brought this story up with um, with a coworker today, and she mentioned the same thing. And I was thinking that, it yeah. It sounds like, listen, they're trying to make money. Yeah. Psychics in general, they're messing with some bad shit you know like i wouldn't trust them and say they're good people sorry my laptop was dying that's why i'm like thinking all this movement <laughs> yeah um, it, was, it was a very hard period of my life which is so funny because that whole period fucked me up so bad that i didn't need therapy and my therapist was like what the fuck like why would you even go down that rabbit hole and i was like i started crying i was like i'm tired of being the career girl i'm tired of being like the girl who studies and doesn't go on dates like I'm 20 I was 27 27 I want love damn it like when is he coming I was like listening I was like listening to Smith and crying in my room <laughs> I was like when is he gonna come and it's ridiculous because I spent all that money and it's so, it's so irrational like looking back at it I was just talking to my mom about it like because we're talking about like, money and stuff and how 
much better I am with it. I'm not buying Louboutins and whatnot, being a stereotype. But um, I brought up the psychic thing, and she's like, I don't even want to talk about that. Like, it's so dark. It, I just want to love mom. So, and she, she, it's always scary for her when I say that because she's so not used to me wanting love. For me, for her, it's like, I want to get into like USC. I want to get into UCLA. I want to get into that law firm. So when I say like, I want love, it's almost like jarring. Like you want love that bad? You spend grand like, to figure out what's going to happen. <laughs> well, also I feel like you've checked off so many boxes that like now you've got into that last box. Like you've, you've made it in this sense. Sort of, but yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. Not partner yet. That's when I'll be. Not, not but you're on your way. Yeah. That's when I'll really be concerned if I'm single because I'm like, okay, that box. But yeah, I mean, I don't share that psychic story with many people. Um, it, it came up in conversation today because we're talking about dating, and I wanted I wanted to talk about it today because it showed how 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 much I want love, and I think. Like you said, I don't want us to cast ourselves as like misandrists who are too good for men because I think it's important to acknowledge that we do want these things and we're not above these things. And that conversation I had with a white girl where I was like viciously attacked um, kind of made me seem like, why can't we have these conversations where we express our fears about not being attractive anymore, aging or turning 30? It's a milestone. Like, like there's got to be room in feminism for vulnerability. Yeah, I think I think there is, um, and any that any place that there isn't room for it, that's not like the one I subscribe to, personally. Didn't like Lana Del Rey go off about vulnerability and shit? Yeah, no, I like I love her recently. Yeah, she. Um, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it was just like she was like, okay, now that everyone's making these kinds of songs, that like, can I go back to like crying about my toxic relationships? I mean, ugh, we have like five minutes left remaining in the Zoom call, but like this goes back to the WAP song that's like claims to what I was saying is like the most v- uh, vulgar part is like that it's trying to claim to be feminist. And it's like, no, sorry, this is like not map on to the feminism that I'm interested in. Um, you know, you're it's trivializing like the woman's sexuality and I'm, I'm so sick of that happening in media it's like there's either i feel like i'm consuming content that's like stop sexualizing women or then it's like oh yeah i'm owning my like wet ass pussy like all this just like stop like i want to remain sexual i use my like sexual nature to manipulate people around like you know what i mean like don't rob me of that that is part of <laughs> my <laughs> okay oh my God, we're canceled by the end of this like five i know no that's me not always goal to get canceled though <laughs> yes, I, I love being canceled. i almost got canceled today for like making fun of a guy but crap we only have three minutes but yeah. i i didn't want to talk about wap because i thought i don't i kind of want the feminist space to be less sexual now i i think like there's a weird fixation on sexuality now mm-hmm. with, like, ass working or whatever and like now like I do think sex workers deserve their rights but for some reason now feminists are really obsessed with sex workers which is a weird like obsession to have um yeah but also like for some reason the only sex workers they acknowledge are like only fans and I'm sorry like those are not the sex workers I'm talking about like those are just like preteen girls I don't know for that's 
okay again this is like a whole other thing but like they don't actually respect prostitutes like for them like sex workers like oh glam like look at this cottage core girl with her only fans like you know what i mean like she's selling her pussy for a phase because she saw it on tumblr like stop and like probably goes to like new roads in la and like whatever the oldest job in the sarah world. lawrence it's like the Please. oh wow oh my god you're like, like dragging like thousands of girls at the same time they're like <laughs> <laughs> that's me but it's like i just feel like we need to teach young girls that selling our sexuality isn't the only thing that we can dream dream about because i have a lot of like very far left friends who are like this is a true form of feminism because you're kind of like turning patriarchy on its head which is which is interesting i do it's kind of funny that men are paying for sex and being duped by women like haha it's kind of funny men also use like feminism to try to get girls to be more sexual with them like i had a friend who went on her first date and she's like i'm not gonna sleep with you and he goes what do you mean but it's 2020 and she's like what and he's like yeah it's 2020 she's like what it's 2020 so i should fuck you on a first date he's like yeah because woman empowerment and she's like, no, that's not what woman empowerment means. I've been told that too, like, especially with like... Okay, wait, we're gonna, we have to, we're gonna lose the recording. There's less than a minute left. We need to have you back on. We're like, we're going, we're, the rest of this conversation is going to be on Patreon. So subscribe, bitches. <laughs> it's like my, it's my outro. Subscribe to our Patreon. But Get the most... It's the first time we've had to end an episode like this. It's like so chaotic, but we did say we're all Geminis. I don't know. Yeah, we'll talk about WAP and all that next time. Okay. Yeah, we'd love to have you back on. All right. Thanks, all right. guys. It was super fun. You Thank too. you for Bye. coming on. Thanks for having me. Bye. 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 What can help you take advantage of today's low mortgage rates and save money? Rocket can. You could save hundreds of dollars every month by refinancing with Rocket Mortgage at today's near historic low rates. If your current rate is over 4%, you could lower your payment by over $150 a month, saving thousands in interest every year. Call us today at 8338-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com. Savings are based on quick and loans, internal data. Points and fees may apply. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS consumer access.org number 3030.